Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carr is not playing well enough to where he, he can criticize a teammate publicly like this. Now, with that said, no, nobody is. That, that's not how you should handle business in the NFL right, or right, any right. profession. Like, not how it should happen. But you can't be playing as poorly as he has and then turn around and lash out at somebody else and expect to not get a reaction in kind. And this is the third time he's done this. He lashed out at Pete Carmichael. And it was either the Colts or the Texans game. Uh, he, he threw Chris Olave under the bus uh, against the Jags. That, that, was, that was a very prominent um, incident. And now here he is doing the same thing with, with McCoy again. And the guy has the nerve post-game to be get asked about this and kind of like, like mumble to himself, like, oh, here we go. It's like, my, God, my dude, you were the one screwing up and doing this over and over again. Of course you're going to get asked questions about it. Of course you're going to be, you know, held to account on it. Welcome in to the Saints Wire podcast. It is great to have you with us. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend John Sigler. John's the managing editor of USA Today's Saints Wire. If you like what you hear and want to support this program, the best thing you can do for us is rate, review, and subscribe on your play, uh, favorite platform. We do appreciate it. Hey there, John. How are you doing this week? Hey, Ryan. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you know, we're coming off the Saints win. We got, got, got a, a, a fun game with the Giants coming up next, and uh, can't wait to dive into it. Yeah, we'll be talking about Tommy Cutlets DeVito. I'm sure Saints fans have heard of that guy. Uh, should be an interesting game with the Giants, and we'll get into it. But, John. We have a three-way tie atop the NFC South. Saints, Falcons, Bucks, all nodded at six and seven. One of those three teams somehow is going to host a playoff game. Could be the Saints, right? They still have the Falcons and the Bucks on their schedule, week 17 and week 18. Uh, so it's all right in front of you for the Saints. But they're coming off this win over the Panthers where it was uh, a lopsided win. But just judging on some of your stuff on Saints Wire, it's not a win that instilled any confidence about the team going forward, did it? Oh, dude, it was, it was gosh, it, it was a hard game to watch for for a long time there. Like if there if it was any other team but the you know one win Panthers with an interim coach, uh, the Saints probably lose. Like I, I went and looked it up since 1970. You know, since the league merger, the start of the Super Bowl era, all all this um, teams that put up two two hundred seven or fewer yards of offense, which is how many the Saints had on Sunday are 25 and 175 in, in NFL history. Like, like the wow. Saints were historically lucky in this in this football game. Like, like any other matchup, any quarterback who can throw an accurate football, any coach who can see how well the run is working and stick to it, and they lose. Like they're they're gonna get walked, they're gonna get just dog walked off the field. And it was it was brutal, man. Like like Derek Carr was playing so poorly. Uh, midway through the fourth quarter, he he had 37 yards on 20 passes. <laughs> like he he was averaging fewer than two yards per completion uh, up up, in, up until that that point. He he threw threw a, he he did throw a nice ball to At Perry, picked up 44. Uh, but that that single completion that that accounted for 37 percent of his yardage on the day. Like it it, it was bad. Car, Car is paid too much money and has been in this league far too long uh, to be performing like this this late in the season. Like it, it's, 
it borders on unacceptable. But hey, a win is a win. It's easier to talk about these things after a win. Um, but I just don't see many you know opponents as weak as the Panthers uh, lined up in here in front of the Saints. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, a win spearheaded by a, a blocked punt for a touchdown too. That was a, a big play in the game. Uh, and, and yeah, Derek Carr. I mean, that was kind of watching the game, watching Carr struggle. I mean, I don't think Carr's been good this season, John, but I think he's a better player than what we're what we're seeing, and I just think he's clearly not healthy. And the only thing I could think about as the Saints kind of struggled through that first half was just, you know, and, and beyond into third quarter, into the fourth quarter, as you said, actually, yeah. offensively. It's just like, why does Dennis Allen, why, why do they hate Jameis Winston so much? Why won't they just give Jameis one game? Carr is coming off a second concussion. He's got... He let us know in the post game about his fractured ribs. So now he's got these fractured three or four fractured ribs, John. He's got the shoulder. That's been a thing all year long. It's like dude's banged up. Dude's banged up and he's out there like laboring through. And I know maybe he's trying to be a tough guy and he's trying to be like Drew Brees, right? He's never miss a start kind of thing. That's that's what old quarterbacks used to do the back in the day. But maybe he's trying to be that guy. But it's like, yo, like you don't give the team the best chance to win when you're out there laboring along and you're not yourself and he clearly wasn't himself so like and we're and i want to get to the squabble here with eric mccoy and stuff too i know that's a big story among the fans and the team and, and the t- you know one that the team continues to try to answer for or, or kind of walk around it, uh john but yeah what's what's up with this <laughs> why can't we just give Jameis winston a start it seemed like it was trending that way and then boom Car gets cleared and he's like announced as a starter and off we go and cars back out there and it's another slog to the finish line right like how, how can we even explain this and the only thing i can think of is that Carr is worried he would lose the team if Jameis went out there and played well and because right now they, they keep spinning it as he, he is our only option he's the only guy who can lead this offense Carr is the only guy who can lead them to success lead them to the playoffs and if they were to make a change, you know, even for one game here against a, against a weak opponent and Jameis goes out there and balls out and executes in the red zone, um, does these things well that Carr has been struggling with, uh, th- then he, he really loses, you know, a lot of, co- <laughs> that's going to, that's going to be terrible for his confidence. And it sucks that you have to baby, uh, what a 34 year old man, um, <laughs> who started uh, almost 160 games in the NFL to this yeah. point. Um, but that, that's the only rationale that I can come up with. Like, like I think almost every local media outlet covering the Saints this past week said, well, we were all in agreement. Like, hey, hey, Carr, you need to take it easy. Like, take, like sit down. You, you, you're, you've been concussed uh, twice in the last month. The shoulder's not right. Uh, we, at the time, we only knew he had one rib injury. Um, after the game, he pulled a Ben Roethlisberger and said, "Oh, actually, I've got three injured ribs, and <laughs> and that's what I've been fighting through this whole time." So, so get praise warrior. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's the only thing I can think of is, is that he, he he's worried that he would lose the team and lose that support in the locker room if another quarterback gets out there and does a better job. And the the, the kind of ironic thing about that is we don't need to compare a car to someone else to know and see that he's not, he's not playing well enough. Like the results are, are out there every, every week we can look at, we were watching, we are watching the games. His teammates on the sidelines are watching him go out there and miss a throw to Chris Olave down the sideline and watching him, you know, throw too, too far high and behind 
uh, Juwan Johnson and getting intercepted or whatever it may be. Like we're seeing him play poorly, uh, but he's just he's just going to keep uh, just keep on trucking. And he is Dennis Allen's guy, and the the coaching staff is not going to stop him. Yeah, it's true. He's definitely Da's guy. <laughs> That's. Uh, that is an understatement at this point. DA is going to go down with Derek Carr, John, right? There's no, no question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for a second time, <laughs> exactly, for a second time. Uh, and, and there's that. And then you talk about him, you know, maybe that fear of losing the locker room or, or the support of the locker room. I think that's a great point. Uh, I think you could look at, you could read between the lines of some of the comments, guys like Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, that guys have said that, you know, you could read between the lines that maybe they're talking about the quarterback. And then you see stuff happening on the field where Eric McCoy, I mean, thankfully for Derek Carr, James Hurst was there to restrain McCoy because I think I don't think Derek's going to win that battle with yeah. Eric McCoy. And McCoy was hot, and and I don't I don't really know what happened. It's hard to see, John. There's a few different angles of the squabble between them in the third quarter when Carr took uh, I think it was the only sack of the game, right? He he got buried yeah. for us. He got he got buried though, <laughs> and there was no chance he got buried. Now, he, he had been he had been under pressure throughout the game, um, but that was the first time he he really got hit and got sacked. Yeah. Right, so it. I mean, it was Caesar Ruiz who got beat off the line there. Uh, and no, maybe, well, it was oh, go ahead, go ahead, so, go ahead. All right, yeah. So the play that happened here. So Panthers linebacker Frankie Luvu was blitzing, and he got through uh, Caesar Ruiz. What at, at, at right guard? Uh, he he just blasted right through that a gap. McCoy was looking the other way, help, helping James Hurst at left guard. Like like he never turned and looked. That, that I don't think that was his assignment. Um, but McCoy is who Carr came up screaming at, and McCoy barked back at him, and that. That is so out of character for McCoy because he he's known as like probably the nicest guy in the locker room. Um, I mean, he, he's that that's just not his persona whatsoever. It, it, there, there's this quote that's been going around from Carr during training camp, at, like, "Hey, what do you think of your new center here? Well, how's that relationship going?" And he's like, "Man, he's the nicest center I've ever met." Like a lot a lot of centers are um are are, are kind kind of um just kind of aggressive or or just unhappy with, with things and grouchy and whatnot. And so to see that relationship um, fall apart this badly, uh, this publicly, uh, that, that was really eye opening. So now everybody is being good soldiers about it and kind of towing the company line after the fact, nobody wants to say what led to it, but it, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that Carr wasn't happy with the protection and McCoy wasn't you know, happy with Carr. No, and McCoy was hot to whatever Carr said or did, you know, on the field there. McCoy was hot. And yeah, it's true, though. He does sound like the nicest guy in the world. Here's McCoy in the locker room, kind of, you know, you, you just, you can, when you look at him, you can tell he's a nice guy. And then when you hear him, John, you can, you can tell as well. Um, emotions are high. My emotions were high. His emotions were high about how things have been going through the game. Um, and I lost my cool. So I would like a, a public disagreement deserves a public apology. So, uh, we talked about it already, person, person to person, but out loud, I would like to say, Derek Carr, I am sorry. <laughs> so there's there's McCoy. Like, he doesn't sound like a guy that's going to bash your face in, does he, John? He sounds like a really yeah. nice guy, Eric McCoy. So yeah. uh, had to say something to, to fire him up, or there had to be just something brewing. And it was probably, John, to your point, the fact that until Carr hit that long pass to A.T. Perry, uh, they couldn't move the football, uh, and, and the quarterback was just not getting the job done. You think there was some residual from that? Yeah, I think so. Like, you, I, I, I've said this before this year. Carr is not playing well enough to where he he can criticize a teammate publicly like this. N- now, with that said, no, nobody is that. That's not how you should handle business in the NFL right, or, or right, any right. profession. Like, not how it should happen. 
but you can't be playing as poorly as he has and then turn around and lash out at somebody else and expect to not get a reaction in kind. And this is the third time he's done this. He lashed out at Pete Carmichael. And it was either the Colts or the Texans game. Uh, he, he threw Chris Olave under the bus uh, against the Jags. Uh, that, was, that was a very prominent um, incident. And now here he is doing the same thing with, with McCoy again. And the guy has the nerve post game to be get asked about this and kind of like, like mumble to himself, like, oh, here we go. It's like, look at my dude, you were the one screwing up and doing this over and over again. Of course, you're going to get asked questions about it. Of course, you're going to be, you know, held to account on it. And th- then he has the audacity to get an attitude with media whenever it's brought up. Like, it's just, it's so disappointing. It's like, how has this guy gotten this far in life if this is how he conducts himself? Like, but at any rate, look, McCoy apologized publicly. Uh, Carr didn't do that, but he did say that they, they talked it out and, and it, it's all water under the bridge at this point. And they had their kumbaya moment and they won and they're, they're trying to move on. But I just don't know how you can watch this team every week and not pick up on these divisions that just seem to be growing and centering around that quarterback. Yep. Yep. It, yeah. To your point, it, it's just not the first time, uh, he screamed at what he screamed at Pete Carmichael too. One one game too, John. I don't know if you mentioned that one um, yeah. since we started recording. Uh, but still, to your point earlier, like Dennis Allen going down with the ship. He's going down with Derek Carr. Derek Carr's his guy. He's of course asked about this too as well. He was like kind of like guys. What are you asking me about? He got pressed on it a little bit post game as he should. And I thought Dennis Allen's response to that question, the the Derek Carr yelling at Eric McCoy thing, was pretty uh, interesting. It- this is a highly competitive business that we're in, you know, so I don't think anybody gets too sensitive. Um, you know, guys want to win. Um, and that's really what this is all about. So, um, look, we addressed it. It's, 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 you know, as far as I'm concerned, water under the bridge. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Let's move on. Well, two team captains yelling at each other, one has to be held back. You don't Look, that's a concern for team chemistry overall. I think, I think if you're ever in a highly competitive environment, you know, and things aren't going the way that you want it to go, yeah, there's sometimes that you get frustrated. You, 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 you lash out a little bit. Um, I'm glad that both of them, you know, have the balls to at least stand up and fight. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, th- this isn't like a. This isn't like a, you know, I mean, hell, my wife and I argue, you know, it happens. So let's, you know, let's don't make too much of it. Uh, Dennis Allen, he's such a character. Oh my gosh. That comment, John, uh, had me in tears. I was laughing uh, at that when I heard it for the first time. And it's just, he kind of, he kind of changes gears quite a few times there and he gets kind of. He gets kind of redlined. He's like, I'm glad they both got the balls to stand up and fight. And then he realizes, ooh, man, I better, I better take this back down. And he kind of slows himself down. He's like, hey, uh, you know, hey, 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 uh, sometimes we in the wife fight as well. You know what I mean? It's just like, whoa, that's just not the, it, that's not the response you would think the leader of the football team would have. Would it, would it, John? It, it feels like it's like, my guy, I feel like you're getting fight together and fight each other confused. Like, yeah, you want your team to fight together. Like, we want to stand up and fight for each other. Not against each other, though. You don't want to fight with each other, right? That's like a totally different thing. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about the coach's response there? I found that hilarious. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> that's DA. He, he's kind of an awkward individual, and I, I, I get it. I've been I've been there too. Um, that that's not 
how I would have addressed the situation. <laughs> um, I mean, look, it, there, I understand what he was trying to get across. He, he, he's, he's happy. He's, let me think. He's happy. He's, it means something to him, right? Yeah, That's what he's exactly. Saying. Like he, he's happy to see some passion out of his guys and see some energy and some life and see them, you know, fighting, trying to get this thing right and get a win. But that needs to be directed at their opponents. There's a whole other team that can go out there and hit and <laughs> compete against. And instead, you've got two team captains um, arguing with each other on, on, on walk, not even on the sideline, like while leaving the field. <laughs> and it's just that, that that's that's just not how a lot of the leaders that I've worked with and encountered would have addressed this situation. And but that, that's DA. He's going to do things his way and. We're going to see how that works out. Crazy to say. It uh, feels like it's gone off the rails a little bit with the Saints, but everything is still right in front of them. We'll continue on here and talk about this game against the Giants. We'll get into all that coming up next first. Here's some fantasy advice for Week 15. If you're still alive in your fantasy leagues, congratulations, right? Playoff time. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford versus Washington Commanders. Facing a top-tier Ravens defense, Stafford passed for 294 yards and three touchdowns last Sunday. That gives the veteran 10 touchdowns to just one interception in his last three games. Meanwhile, Washington ranks dead last in passing yards allowed per game at 266, yards per attempt at 8.1, touchdowns allowed 30, and in the last five weeks, this matchup is 32% better than average. Nine quarterbacks have posted at least 25 fantasy points against the Commanders on the year. DeAndre Swift, Philadelphia Eagles at Seattle Seahawks. Another former Detroit Lion, Swift now has finished with fewer than 10 PPR points in four of the last five games after seven straight useful performances. Fear not, the matchup ahead is extremely favorable and gives Swift a valid opportunity to get back on track. Running backs have averaged the 10th most rushing yards, 5th most receiving yards, the 8th most catches per game, and a touchdown every 19.3 touches, which is the second highest rate since week 9. While risky, Swift's matchup alone makes him a strong play candidate. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay Packers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dobbs managed four catches for 32 yards against the Giants. That's weak production, but he might be thrust into the clear-cut number one role depending on what happens with injuries around him. Christian Watson has a hamstring injury, Dontavian Wicks has an ankle issue, and rookie Jaden Reed potentially is facing a concussion. Against the shaky Buccaneers secondary, Dobbs looks like a possible wide receiver 2 candidate, and this defense has permitted 19 receivers to reach double-digit fantasy territory in PPR scoring. Tight end Isaiah Likely, Baltimore Ravens at Jacksonville Jaguars. A 54-yard score against broken coverage last week made an otherwise modest day much more appealing. Likely has drawn 15 total targets in his two starts since the Ravens lost Mark Andrews and that kind of stable role makes him tough to ignore in any format. The Jaguars have given up three touchdowns over the last 21 tight end catches faced, and only two defenses have allowed scores at a higher rate. This is the number 11 matchup for yardage allowed since week 9, but it's also a neutral 17th for receptions against in the last five weeks. Even still, there's no reason to get away from likely with this favorable matchup, especially considering how volatile the position is. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, Saints, I think, John, get another great spot to win a game, right? Home versus an undrafted rookie quarterback in Tommy DeVito. It's a Giants team coming off a short week. They just played a down-to-the-wire game on Monday Night Football against the Packers. Uh, so I'm not surprised the Saints are favored. It's a big spread, though. The The latest on BetMGM is uh, six points for the Saints. They're a six-point favorite. So 
That seems uh, a bit hefty. I might be on the Giants side of that line, but I'm interested to get your take on it. What do you think? It should be a good spot for the Saints if we had more confidence in this team, right? In this team, team's ability to perform, especially at home. But what's your leadoff thought on this matchup? Man, if the Saints were as good as Dennis Allen talks about them being, this would be a trap game. But instead, I look at it and this is going to be tough for New Orleans. Like, this is going to be a difficult game for them. They're not a good matchup for what this Giants team is doing. Uh, you know, New York, that Wink Martindale has got a great defense. They've been firing on all cylinders. They've got a very talented defensive line that I can totally see j- just beating the Saints at the line of scrimmage. You, you know, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, those guys are going to be problems. And I'm not sure that the Saints have the guys up front that can slow them down and I think they're going to get to Derek Carr and they're going to pressure him and he's going to have a long afternoon it's going to be a long day in the office for him um defensively you know but Tommy DeVito you know he's not you know he's not the franchise he's not the future at quarterback or anything like that um but he's playing well enough for them to win and the Giants are riding a three-game win streak right now I mean Dennis Allen has had a single three-game win streak in his five-year career as a head coach like this is not a team that the Saints can take like like lightly this is not a team that fans can you know get on social media and say oh man we're going to win three out of, out of our next four and the giants are a cakewalk and we, we only really got to worry about the rams and that's it and otherwise we're golden that, that's not the situation here um i can totally see devito just r- rushing for like 60 or 70 yards and saquon barkley having a good game and that being enough to you know uh, put Derek Carr behind and we haven't really seen that he has it in him to lead a comeback uh very often this year, the, the Saints. The Saints have what is it? One uh, comeback win this entire season. Um, they're against the Colts. Uh, so, it, man, I, I don't like this matchup. I've I've been not. I have been kind of you know trying to warn people about it for a few weeks now. Yeah. Uh, just seeing seeing the Giants rack up these wins, and I'm I'm going into it. You know, yeah, we, we did we did our network picks here at US, the uh, USA Today Wire, Wire Network. And I picked against the Saints. I, I I like the Giants to win this game. It's gonna it's gonna be a, a tough time for New Orleans. Yeah, it's it is an interesting matchup. Uh, in and Devito and his legs is a a great point. He killed Green Bay. Green Bay was red hot. Jordan Love was red hot, and Green Bay's offense looked like they had never played with each other uh, on Monday night. Right? They just really the Giants took them out of whatever system they were trying to run, whatever whatever rhythm they had coming in. They couldn't find it, and they had a really rough offensive game against the Giants. And And one of the reasons is, well, yes, and, and to circle back to your point, David, I think he rushed for like 70 yards against the Packers, so he did it there. He led a, a game-winning drive at the end, made some good throws. He's definitely uh, a kid who's worth – he's – He's it's it's not going to be a cakewalk. I agree. I think the Giants are tough. Uh, Devito's gotten better every week. He's at first, John, he couldn't really deal with the speed of the game. He was taking a million sacks, but he wasn't sacked against the Packers, and it is slowing down for him. And I think uh, this is a legit opponent for the Saints. And don't be fooled by that six point spread. I, I agree with you. Um, you mentioned the Giants D line and how that could be a problem. I think. Anytime you talk about Wink Martindale, you're talking about the blitz, right? And they're gonna they're gonna bring a lot of blitz. Uh, the Saints played a defense kind of like this in terms of blitzing, probably sixty percent of the time or more, and that was against the Vikings. And you know, interesting with Carr, he has been a pretty good quarterback in his career against the blitz. But I don't think he's been a has he been a great quarterback against the blitz this year with the Saints, John? I don't I don't think so. I was reading back on some of your stuff, you know, throughout the season. 
And I think I, I did find an article around midseason where you're where you're saying like, you know, under pressure car has not been very good this year. And you could expect him to be under pressure a lot. So I think Carr versus the Blitz, the Saints offense against the Blitz. We probably talked about that a little bit before that Vikings game as well. But that's going to be a huge story in this game, right? Because the, the Giants are going to blitz. They're going to blitz often. They're going to blitz probably 60 to 70% of the time. How do you handle that? Yeah, it's going to be rough. Um, you know, Carr certainly didn't handle the blitz well when Minnesota went after him. Uh, we're looking at it here. Um, yeah, so right now, let's see. He has faced uh, 134 uh, passes under pressure. Um, on the year so far, he's taken three sacks. He's, yeah, the, and thrown like four four interceptions, uh, seven touchdowns. So it's been kind of hit or miss here. Um now every quarterback plays worse under pressure. Every quarter, few quarterbacks can hang in, pick apart the blitz like Drew Brees did for so long. That's just not a fair comparison. Um, but man, I, I just I just keep going back to the Giants' D line, the Saints' O line. Like I'm just not convinced that the Saints are going to be able to keep Carr clean and let let him get get to work. And injuries are piling up for this team. Uh, he he was missing uh, two of his top three receivers. Uh, even Olave w- was w- wasn't uh, feeling feeling right. Uh, he he he, pl- he had had a flu game uh, last week. Um, I, I just I just keep, look, keep looking at it, and I, I just don't think this is a good matchup for for the Saints and for Carr against that defense. Yep, it's got me worried too. And and Carr and his Carr and Dennis Allen are both kind of guys you want to fade if you're if you're betting if you're a sports better john you usually want to fade those two when they're a big favorite so six point favorite at home against this giants team that's kind of hot i think it's an easy uh i think it's easily to be it's easy to be on the giants side of that but you're you're picking the giants outright i don't know if i want to go that far i'm not a huge believer in the giants but i keep saying that and they keep winning games so what the hell do i know <laughs> you know what i mean i oh, i was high on the packers that? last uh, this past weekend and i was wrong on that one so <laughs> Well, look, I have, I have a stat for you here about, about Carr being under under pressure. What, what I shared a few minutes ago, that, that was him uh, when not blitzed versus under the blitz. Um, right now, uh, when he is kept clean, he has 12 touchdown passes, five interceptions. When he's under pressure, he has one touchdown pass. Yeah, I think that's the article I yeah. found. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, so he has not just, again, historically, he's been among the better passers in the league against the blitz. With the Raiders, he was. That hasn't mm-hmm. been the story. Uh, he just got here with the Saints, and it's has not been the smoothest season, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, there's a lot to worry about here with the Giants. I would not expect a cakewalk. Um, so there's that. John, you doing any scoreboard watching? You watching? You, you hoping the Panthers can find a way to beat the Falcons this week? You know, or, or like what's going on uh, for the rest of the I weekend? I would love to, love to see that. Yes, um, but no, dude. What I'm really paying the closest attention to are these other teams that are locked with that are you know, in the hunt for that last play, that last wild card seed, because the saints, they have lost so many head to head tiebreakers against these other teams, like including the Packers. Uh, they've got the Rams coming up soon. And there, there are six different teams uh, tied for that seventh uh, seed right now. And the saints are kind of at the bottom of, of the pack when, when you get into the tiebreaking procedures. So th- I'm, I'm looking at that, you know, I'm looking to see what, what the Rams are going to do this week, what the Packers are going to do, um, what the, uh, what, gosh, what the commanders are going to do. Like, there are so many teams that the NFC is so bad this year that there there are there's like nine teams that are still in the hunt for the playoffs right now. Um, it's wild, and yeah, so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on all of that. The the, the Saints, the, their road to the postseason, the, their easiest road runs through the NFC South. 
that they've got to win this division if, if they want to get the playoffs. Now, if they come up short, then we start looking at that seventh seed, looking at the other options, um, and looking at who, who may trip up and you know open a window for, for, for the Saints uh, to, to sneak in a, as a seventh seed. So I'm not optimistic that that'll, that, that's, that, that that's realistic. Uh, but it is something I'm kind of keeping an eye on until until it's uh, mathematically eliminated or whatever whatever we get into later in the year. No, absolutely, it's it's worth looking at because that number seven seed is wide open, and you got teams like the Chicago Bears and the Giants who feel like they have a shot at that thing, and you would maybe scoff at that, but you're only a game ahead of those teams now, yeah. the Saints, right? Yeah. So this is real. I mean, this is. Uh, this is a real game. The Giants have been talking for a couple weeks now about going to the playoffs. They think they can get there. They're five and eight. They've won three in a row. So they're coming into New Orleans uh, and they're they're going to try to beat you. They're, they're they're coming in going for a, they're they're not playing for draft positioning or anything. That's a that team is playing to win and it's going to be it's going to be interesting, right? I, again, it just it just sets up like a perfect spot for the Saints, John. Right? Like your home. You're against an undrafted third-string quarterback. Uh, the Giants just played on Monday night. They're coming in on a short week, going going across the country. But yet, it's still hard to feel great about their chances, right? It just doesn't feel yeah. like a slam dunk. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting well, game. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, and the Saints have had so many opportunities this year in games like this, where it's a backup quarterback, the other team's on a short week, or they're coming off their bye, or what, what, or or you know. Oh, Justin Jefferson's not playing. Oh, man, right. maybe we can slow them down. And 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 time and again, they get disappointed. And they just haven't shown that they can take advantage of those opportunities. And until I see it, I, I just can't buy what they're selling. There's John Sigler right there. Check him out on Saints Wire. The team does an excellent job getting you ready for the game and beyond. And for the podcast, we appreciate you hanging on, especially this long. Uh, tell a friend, tell a family member. If you're a subscriber, let them know about the show. Spread the word. That's how you can support us. We do appreciate it. And we will catch you next week with more. Looking forward to breaking down this Saints-Giants matchup. We'll talk to you then. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.